Welcome to Waltrip Unfiltered. So happy you're here to join us for our podcast. We've got a repeat visitor. Cole Custer is joining us. Cole and I went today and we reviewed some cold custard. You get it? The play on words there? That's what he's been doing lately for fun on social media is going to different cold custard places and talking about their custard. And I joined him today to do so. And that's why I have on this beautiful cold custard shirt. Wow. What a race we saw at Kansas, huh? I'm telling you, I was sitting in my living room on the couch. Palms were sweating. I was so nervous for those racers. There's late restarts and they're going to go three, four wide and it's crazy fast. Let me just tell you this. Dover, a lot of people said, eh, wasn't that great of a race. Kansas, people loved it. Let me tell you the difference. Dover, track record speed. Down in the corner, the cars are going through there faster than we've ever seen them before. The drivers are laughing. <laughs> Man, this is crazy fast. And that's great when you're qualifying and you're by yourself because it's a thrill ride and it makes you happy that you can go that fast. But when the race starts, you're going that fast, you can't race. It's hard to race each other. Now to me, I saw a great race at Dover. I was entertained by it. That stage two conclusion was just incredible how hard those guys were dicing because I know how hard it is. But you can't really race like that all day long because of the speed in the corners. You can't get close to anybody. You need all that room to get your car through the corner at that rate of speed. You can't be messing with people. Kansas, just the opposite. The speeds were down. And you know, as a fan, you say the speeds are down. If you don't know what you're talking about, you're going, oh, that's no good. It is good, trust me, really good. And that's why we saw the product at Kansas. We saw guys could draft, they could side draft, they could race three and four wide. They could do everything they wanted to do because their car was under them. It was under control. The 750 horsepower that we raced at Dover made it very difficult for those guys to race. 550 at Kansas, it was manageable. Should it be 550 everywhere? I don't know. Should it be 700 instead of 750 at some places? Could it be 500? All those things could be in play. I'm a fan of slowing the cars down because the action picks up, and that's what we saw at Kansas. So I hope you enjoyed the race as much as I did. I had a great time watching FS1. Also got to hang out with Andrew McCutcheon all-star from the Philadelphia Phillies. He was a good time. Helped him understand how to interview people. Showed him the ropes of what it's like to go up and approach those drivers, those high, intense, focused race car drivers. I broke it down for him. What I got to do to get one of these suits, man? <laughs> I mean, just ask. I'll get you one. We got a couple extras in there. I want one. Let's go. I want I'm going to wear it, too. I'm going to wear it to the ballpark. <laughs> for the rest of the day because he really is scaring me so yeah. what, 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 what are y'all talking about what, what we're just talking about positive energy and feeling you know, really good and, and how much we enjoy you your company yeah and that's it i like that and next i'm going to break it down with cole custer we're going to talk about a number of things including his three biggest nascar moments i talk about mine which go back to the 70s and he talks about his that only go back about 10 years because he's only 21. 
But anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. One last corner. 200 going to have to wait. Today belongs to the California kid. Career win number three for Cole Custer comes at Auto Club Speedway. So this week, I'm very excited to say this. For the first time on the Waltrip Unfiltered podcast, welcome back. You're yes. my first return visitor. Thanks for having me back, man. It's awesome that uh, that you came and and that that uh, you agreed to to to, to return. And that must have been, meant the first time was all right, right? Yeah, it was decent, I guess. You know, <laughs> going to have to come back, and now we're wearing matching shirts and everything. This, so we got it all going on. Yeah, this is uh, this is not uncomfortable at all because we have just left Rita's Ice Arie. They do everything. Right? Yeah. So. so we left Rita's, where I was intrigued by your uh, cold custard reviews, and mm. I'm really. Really wanted to be a part of that, so thanks for the invite, and we had a good time, huh? Oh, yeah, you made the whole show right there. I'm, I can't wait for it to come out, so uh, I don't know. It's been a fun thing to do, for sure. No, no doubt, and I've seen more of you on social media doing different things, and and I remember this 16-year-old kid that I first took notice of up at Loudoun when you're racing that truck race, and uh, maybe a little bit shy and uncomfortable mm-hmm. around the media, and now we, we're seeing you grow into your own young adulthood and, and your own person and, and really taking advantage or at least trying to mm. take advantage of uh, all the tools that are out there for racers these days, which mm. which does include social media. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I first won that truck race in New Hampshire uh, five years ago. They wanted me to do like a USA Today like interview because I was the youngest of that at that point, and I was like, I was scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to mess it up somehow. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, it's just you get more and more comfortable with it as you go, and I've always been – kind of the quieter person but i think once you're forced into it you yeah. just kind of get used to it and you're able to open up um and and with that being said five years i mean to me that seems so i'm old so the, every year that goes by it's like damn you know it's one one less i got hmm. the five years have had to be a lot of fun for you yeah for sure i mean we've uh it started off great, obviously winning those truck races really early on, and then from there it was once I moved on to Xfinity, you know, it was it got a lot tougher. Obviously, I mean the competition's better. You're racing against more Cup guys and stuff like that. So I knew as a driver I needed to get better and I needed to work on it. So I feel like now it's starting to all come together and we our team is really clicking. And so it's just it's just everything takes time, but you gotta work at it at the same time. And and while you're working at it, and I know how hard this is, and how much responsibility as a as a 21 year old you have, you're you're the the centerpiece of that double zero team, and you know you you've qualified for the playoffs, you've proven that you're one of the three guys, I guess, basically in 2019 so far that have separated themselves from the rest. Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and you seem to be uh, faster than the rest of them consistently. How how do you after Dover, take a break and say, all right, we got a few weeks here before we go racing at Charlotte. Mm-hmm. How would you sum up the first uh, third of the season for you and your team? Uh, it's gone unbelievably well. I mean, I think, I mean, I was pretty nervous going into this year because it's my third year. I wanted it to be my best year. And uh, we have, you know, a new crew chief this year with Mike Shiplett. He was crew chief on the 42 car last year. And uh, just a lot of unknowns, you know, it came together so late. We didn't really uh, have a lot of time to test, you know, or work through things. So it was just kind of, you know, didn't know what to expect going into the year, and it was a lot of different stuff. So uh, I thought it was going to be more kind of working towards getting better as the year went on. But now I feel like, I mean, we're as good as anybody, and we're just trying to 
do the really fine details that we can get better throughout the year. And you said a name that, that I'm really intrigued by, and Mike Shiplett, his, his resume was impressive before he, <laughs> before he joined you as your, mm-hmm. your crew chief, and, and certainly his, his, his talent and success continues with you. What, tell me about getting to know Mike Shiplett, and were you nervous considering everything he had accomplished and what that would mean for you? Yeah, I mean, I knew that, you know, they were good people. Him and the lead engineer from that car came over, and I knew that they won races and, you know, we were going to have speed eventually, you know, but it was just a matter of how long it was going to take us to get there because we have different chassis, different bodies, and different manufacturers, so how long is it going to take us to start clicking, really? But, but I mean, it took, you know, till the first or second race we were we were competing for wins. So it was they just did such an amazing job over the off season working through uh, how our chassis were different than theirs and what it would like and what it wouldn't like and uh, things that I liked in the past and didn't like. So it's just they did so much homework, I feel like, throughout the offseason. It really paid off at the start of the year. Uh, and, and now after a nice break and, and, a, and a fast start to the season, you're going to, to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Let's play a Waltrip Word Association, if you will. When, when I say Charlotte Motor Speedway, what's the first thing you think of? Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, I mean, obviously the All-Star Race. I always think of the All-Star Race since I was young. I mean, it was something you always wanted to watch and everything. Um, I don't know. I think that's the biggest thing I can think of, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Were you watching the night I won back in 1996? I wasn't born yet, Michael. Yeah, that's pretty- <laughs> I was two years out. <laughs> <laughs> Or two years in, yeah, as, yeah. as it be. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's special for me. So, as a kid, I grew up in Kentucky, and mm. so I was I wasn't a part of the the NASCAR culture in the South, but I moved here uh, early, like when I was a teenager, and so to me, Charlotte always meant a home game. You know, your crew's mm. all here, and you you want to do good for everybody that that is in the area, and for you. Uh, a home games California, but how how is how is it adjusting to this side of the country? Going from the West Coast kid living over here in Charlotte and and being around the NASCAR epicenter. Mm. Yeah, I mean I, I love Charlotte. I think it's a great place. I mean obviously the weather's not terrible and it's just uh, it's kind of more small town I guess compared to California and everything like that. But it's not it's not too much different. It's all urbanized and everything now. But um, you know, it's, it's a nice place to live. And I'll, I've kind of been around it too, since I was a kid, my dad works in NASCAR. So I've been out here before many times. So it's just, I don't know. It wasn't a huge culture shock for me. Mm-hmm. Well, as a kid, I had, um, heroes and crazy enough, I got to race against those heroes. Like I loved mm-hmm. Richard Petty. And then one day I find myself racing beside the 43 car. Same with mm-hmm. my brother, Daryl. When you were a kid, living in California, who were your racing heroes? Yeah, I mean, I think I was always kind of a little bit biased because my dad worked for a team, you know, the Haas CNC Racing when I was a kid. So it was always, you know, like Jason Leffler. I was a big Jason Leffler wow. fan uh, when he drove the Bush car for uh, for Haas. But um, Johnny Sauter, I mean, that was a big one for me, racing with Johnny in the truck series because uh, Johnny's probably known me since I was five years old. So it was it was cool to get to race with him. And uh, he's obviously one of the hardest racers out there. He's a true racer. So it was really cool to race with Johnny. But uh, and then, like, guys like Kevin Harvick, you know, like, I mean, I would have never thought I'd been racing with Kevin Harvick. And you're out there. It's like, man, that's happy Harvick right there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right like, beside me. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty insane. But, 
you know, you can't really think about it like that when you're on the track, obviously. You got to be racing those guys. But it's when you sit back and think about it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And when you say Johnny Sauter, he, he has a bit of a temper, you know. Has, mm. Did he ever have to straighten young Cole out or have y'all just sort of gotten along okay? I've never had a bad bad deal with Johnny. I All feel right. like I feel like he probably took advantage of me, honestly, because <laughs> he knew that I didn't want to wreck him. I don't think there's many people who want to wreck Johnny Sauter, but uh, uh, he's definitely one of the, the hardest racing guys out there, and uh, I'd like to race him again if uh, if I could, because I think uh, I could definitely give him more for, of a run for his money right now. So you want to maybe run a truck race or two? I'd love to run a yeah. truck race. I think that would be awesome. I haven't done it in two or three years now, but I, th- I think it would be awesome to go and run a truck, but it's just the right ha- opportunity and everything has to happen. Yeah, and it'd be good good to have you back. We love the mm-hmm. truck races on FS1. The the race from, from Kansas was, was really entertaining, mm-hmm. really interesting to, to watch um, the the finish and and the trials and the troubles that Stuart Friesen has. Mm-hmm. He's been so close to getting to the to the checkered flag, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure as, as a young racer you can – sympathize with him and say man it's coming you got a lot of speed and that's what i always try to tell him yeah that that's pretty rough i mean i I know stewart's been really close i don't really know him personally too well or anything but that's probably the fourth or fifth time where he's you know had a really fast truck and just had you know something like crazy has just gone wrong (laughs) so it's just uh you know you just got to keep going they have really good speed and you know, it was also a really cool story for Ross Dwayne. I mean, that Nice Motorsports, they've gotten their program a lot better, it seems like, in the last couple of years. And uh, for them to get their first one, it looked like it was pretty huge. You know, and, and I put on Twitter, um, Ross's win was was dramatic and it was fun and it was well-deserved. And I wrote underdog. And I don't think, I didn't mean Ross so much as an underdog, but that team. Very mm-hmm. rarely do you see a team be able to step up and contend and compete against the mainstays in the truck series. Mm-hmm. I was more, I was happy for Ross, but I was was more happy for Al Nice mm-hmm. for the commitment he's made to the truck series and to get to victory lane. Yeah, I mean, owners like that you got to have. I'm mean, somebody giving Ross a shot and everything, and obviously he can drive it, and he's you know come back with a win for him. So uh, that's really awesome, and obviously I think it looks like they've been working on their stuff and. I don't know if they have an alliance with anybody right now or anything, but it seems like uh, they really they have some speed right now, and they're getting better and better throughout the year. So I think uh, you know, hopefully they can stick around and they can win some more races for sure. Uh, let me just put you on the spot. Who's your favorite to win Friday night in Charlotte? Do you think Ross can do it again, or do those high banks favor someone by the name of is Kyle, Kyle Busch? Is Kyle running the bush? Yes, he is. Oh, man. He's back. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you hate to say it, but it's uh, it's who, who can beat him? Who who's your favorite? Do you think Johnny takes him down? Matt Crafton? Do they have a chance? Or yeah. does Stuart Friesen finally get the victory by beating Kyle Busch? That would make it probably a little yeah. more special. You know something about what it feels like to beat Kyle Busch? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I think Moffitt. I mean, I know Moffitt's been really close to beating him, and I, they're still looking for their first win of the year, right? Yes. So I mean, I bet, I bet he'll be. Uh, they're going to be fast, no doubt. I bet Stewart will be fast, and Johnny, he's always going to find himself up there with you know Joe Shears, crew chief. I, I had Joe crew chief me for a few right. years, and uh, they're always they're gonna they're like brothers. They're gonna figure it out. <laughs> they're gonna yell and scream at each other, but by the end of the day, they're gonna be up there. So uh, I don't know the truck series. It's competitive this year. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. I mean, like top fifteen guys. I mean, with the Ilmore engine, everybody's pretty equal. So I think it's one of the most competitive out there for sure. No doubt. Um, we're our we've talked about I'm older than you um I was thinking on the way here today about a couple of different 
uh, topics to, to talk to you about I thought would be interesting. And one is I was thinking about my top three moments in NASCAR history. Mm-hmm. And I was standing in the infield in 1979 when Bobby and Donnie and Kale wound up down in the infield grass fighting mm-hmm. each other. Richard Petty won the race. My brother finished second. I mean, it was it was the coolest day ever. Mm-hmm. I was there, you know, and I got to live it. And then I was a part of the of the Rickyard 400 when we first went there in in the 90s and and seeing Jeff Gordon get that first win and then Dale Earnhardt winning and saying he was the first man mm-hmm. ever to win the Rickyard 400 uh, making a little bit of, uh, of of fun of Jeff along the way. I think Dale's win in the Brickyard 400 is is something that that I'll never forget. Another mm-hmm. moment in history. And then my third was uh, Jimmy winning the seventh championship in 2016. And the reason why that one's important to me is because we were able to talk about Richard Petty and we were able to talk about mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt because Jimmy did something that that Richard and and Dale had done. So that was was an awesome moment for for Jimmy obviously and and a crazy great accomplishment but I think I loved it as much because it it, it reminded every pe- everybody how great um Richard and Dale were uh, put you on the mm-hmm. spot a bit what 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 three moments and and I want them to be mm-hmm. I don't care what they are I just want them to be mm-hmm. uh, what what a kid from California growing up in the in the O's if you will a millennial are you a millennial I don't think I'm considered a mill- millennial I think it's like 97 and before millennials. I'm something else. I don't even know what, what I am. But. Yeah, you are something else. I like your shirt, <laughs> too, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, with, 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 uh, with that being said, what, what are maybe your three top NASCAR moments? And that's such a it's it's always so tough. Like, cause I, I have like a terrible memory, so I, I have to like <laughs> think about it for a while. But uh, I think recently the biggest things that's been going on is like the, you know, all the drivers retiring, you know, like Tony and Jeff. Uh, Dale, like, it just brings back, when all those guys were in their last race at Homestead, it just brings back so many memories of when I was a kid, you know, all the things that they did, and they were all my heroes, so it's, uh, it's really cool to look back on all that stuff. I love that. That's a great, a great moment to think about, mm-hmm. too, because those, those names were household names. Mm-hmm. They, they were a part of this sport as it grew in its popularity, and to, to think about them running that last race in Miami, that's, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, I think then you got, like, you know, like Juan Pablo hitting the jet dryer. I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to forget that one at Daytona. Uh, you know, and I think Tony Stewart won the Brickyard that one year. I think that was pretty awesome. Ah, uh, and he climbed you the fence. climbing the fence. And, yeah. Uh, you know, home track win for him, Indiana. I think that was that was a huge win for him. And I don't think uh, a lot of people remember that one also. Yeah, those those uh, big wins at home are certainly special and things mm-hmm. you'll never forget. And uh, speaking of which, tell me about your first win. What what, what was your first first win in a stock car that you recall? Uh, my first win was actually my first race in a, in a late model at uh, Blythe, California. Uh, Is that I-10 Speedway? Yep, I-10 Speedway. Yeah. I, I think I went there once. Really? I don't know why, but yeah. I was there once. It's right on the border between uh, Arizona and California. And actually, Irwindale Speedway was shut down that year, so the year I started racing late models, so we had to kind of travel around and uh, go to different tracks, but actually, my first race ever in a uh, late model stock car, I uh, I won out there. So that wow. was wow. It was uh, it was pretty big. It was actually it was pretty eventful actually because I was like 14 and didn't know what what I was doing really. So I had a really fast car and I was on the tra- track uh, champions bumper for like 
you know, 50 laps just trying to get by him. It's really hard to pass there. Yeah. And he, I, uh, eventually it was last lap. I was like, man, I'm just going to try and, you know, nudge him out of the way a little bit. And it was a lot more than a nudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I about, I spun him out and we all, and we both just crawled across the finish, finish line and uh, I ended up winning, but it wasn't my most proud one at all, but I, they called me the winner. And, uh, but it was, I've learned to not do that again because I got chased out of that place when I was 14 years old. (laughs) Well, that makes a lot of sense because I was putting on my Twitter earlier today that I was going to have you on Waltrip Unfiltered again, Mm -hmm. and some guy named Mike Sutterfield just started blowing me up, Mm -hmm. and he said, ask him about his first win. Oh, yeah. That was him. The track champion, Mike? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so he was was good. He was the track champion, and I was – we were racing hard. I had a really fast car, and I was 14. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Like, honestly, when I look back on it, like, I think the age limits are too young. Like, I don't think – I think it should be raised a little bit because it's just – I didn't know. Like, I could drive, and I could do everything right. I could do everything, <laughs> but I didn't know what I was doing, really. I was just doing it. And uh, I got into him on the last lap. I spun him out, and we both, you know, crawled across with our tore-up cars. And it's something that I'm not proud of, but, you know, it's uh, – it's part of it. Yeah, you you learn lessons along the <laughs> way. Yeah, you definitely learn lessons, and you know now I know not to do that. He's uh he he told me that your dad actually told me that. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just making that up, but <laughs> <laughs> your dad also told me that that race was sponsored by the California Corrections Department. There was cops yeah. everywhere, and he's like, I I got to get Cole out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, Blythe isn't. I think it's known for the prison there. Right. So I mean, it's you know the. Uh, prison like sponsored the race or something so it was it was a pretty uh you know rough i don't know kind of it was down home kind of country you know town so it was you know the guy coming from out of town and wrecking the track champion for the win was not not the way to go really for a 14 year old yeah but he couldn't beat you up you're just a kid right i guess i mean he he probably should have (laughs) but he your dad also told me that you're you're um baseball career started off with a real bang when you were playing catcher and you got caught a ball right in the eyeball yeah i was never the same after that <laughs> can you see okay still uh, I, I, I see fine but I, what am i holding up here it's that's definitely two i'm pretty sure okay good job <laughs> but uh i just um after i was pretty decent at all all the sports not great but i could play all of them but baseball was my struggle and i think it all came back to that one day when t-ball when i got hit in the nose and i was like i'm not getting hit by this ball ever again yeah that you had to give up t-ball because you know it's just simply too dangerous racing a car seemed much safer oh, right racing a car was way safer than you know hitting the stick with a or hitting the ball with a stick so <laughs> so on Waltrip unfiltered i want to start having some sort of poll where i ask the guest a question and one of the you're you're the first even though you're my first return visitor you're the first i'm going to ask this to what are the three biggest moments in Cole Custard's career? I said Custard because <laughs> I read it on your shirt. <laughs> what are the three biggest moments in your career to this point? You want to hear mine first, or you go first? You can go first. All right, mine are mine are easy. We've we've talked we talked about them um, last time you're here. First is when you won that truck race in Loudon, 16 years old, mm-hmm. because. Crew Chief Joe Shear Jr. Mm-hmm. pitted for tires late, and you started like eighth 
maybe yeah. sixth or eighth or tenth even. Yeah, I wasn't happy with him at that yeah. point. <laughs> it all worked out, though. You started back there at Loudon mm. and was able to pass on that tough, flat track mm. and get that victory. That's the first time I put a, a circle around Cole Custer's name to say, okay, this kid's this kid's pretty good. Let's see where this goes. Mm. Um, my second was when you ran down the straightaway and tackled John Hunter. I thought that was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this, I uh, probably told you last time, we, we spent the night in Canada that night, and you were on every channel. <laughs> like, we couldn't watch anything without seeing mm-hmm. you athletically. You, you obviously, you said you played baseball. You're also mm-hmm. a pole vaulter in high mm-hmm. school, I know, and a little bit of football. I did football, yeah. You athletically chased down John Hunter and tackled him. We had John Hunter on the show a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and asked him about his recollection of that. And, you know, I thought, I thought that that was sort of the way, you know, on TV that day. And I told John Hunter, we, we sort of called him out and said, man, you can't do that. But, I mean, almost it's the world we live in now, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it was, a, it was certainly over the line of a bump and run. But as time goes forward and you see what other people do and it seems to be okay – I'll just quickly ask you, as you look back on that, do, do, do you feel any differently today? Or are you like, no, it's bullshit? Or are you like, you know, I understand. You you wreck a guy every now and then. Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's one of the biggest probably things in my career so far. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people have, like, told me how they were sitting in the media center at Darlington watching the truck race, and they see me tackling, <laughs> tackling him. But it was uh, – I don't know. It was a combination of everything that made that made me mad. It wasn't that I just got wrecked. It was a it was a thing that, you know, it was kind of a struggle for a season for us. We were still looking for our first win, and we had to win to get in the playoffs. So I was like, man, I, the Canada were good here. Like I'm gonna try and win this race, and that's gonna get us in the playoffs. And for just, you know, for him on last lap to take that from us was it was pretty big for you know it was really frustrating. Um, but uh, you know, it's gonna happen from time to time, and I think as time goes on, you just get over it. Um, but I don't know if I really, I regret some, you know, some little things I did. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's all right to be mad in the, in the the moment I'd say. I I think, I think it was, it was incredible. And like I said, you were, you were the star of Canadian TV that night. And then, and my third biggest moment of your career for me was your win at, at Cali versus Kyle, because you, you took the lead and you, you drove perfectly and you had to drive perfectly because you knew who was chasing you and to be able to focus out that windshield and, and get that win at, at your home track and, and beat Kyle. To me, that said, to me, it said so much about your, your focus and your ability to, to drive a race car under intense pressure. That, that was fun to watch. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a pretty big one. I mean, uh, Kyle's obviously going to go down as one of the best in our sport and everything. So, uh, you know, we restarted fifth and sixth, and we were both able to kind of get up there. I think my line on the restart moved a little bit better, so I was able to get the lead. But, um, you know, you see the the 18 car, you know, like 10 back, and you're like, man, I put up a good fight, I guess. <laughs> like it's, Here it comes. I'll, I'll do my best, like, you know, just hit my marks and, you know, do everything I can. Uh, but, you know, in the back of your head, it's like, man, it's Kyle Busch. Like, he's probably going to pull something out of his hat or something. And uh, But we were able to just, you know, I was just able to hit my marks and, uh, able to come up with a checkered flag, so that was pretty huge. Does does that just make you think one thing, championship, or does it make you think I got to win ten races? Where where are you and Mike Shiplett and your team? 
mentally as we prepare to race Charlotte and get on to the um, the meat of the season, if you will, as we go toward the playoffs? I think it's especially I think just how the, all the points format and everything works now. It's just it's changed so much where before if you kind of knocked off some wins earlier in the year, you might just want to be like, man, I'm just going to stay consistent. I'm not going to wreck, and I'm you know I'm going to still try and win, but I'm not going to put myself in a bad spot to lose points. But now I think with all the stage points and playoff points going on, you just need to be aggressive and build as many playoff points as you can before you get there. So when you get to the second round, you have a 30-point cushion going in to that one. So uh, I think that's our plan, just to stay on the gas and win as many races as you can right here just because you're going to want those playoff points more than the regular season points once once we get there. Don't you – I mean, don't you love that about the format is that you're, you're a young racer who obviously likes to go fast and, and your team and you know, I got to go. I got to mm-hmm. win every stage if I can. I got to win every race. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to be champion. We're not going to limp our way. Or we're not going to be conservative mm-hmm. toward racing for a championship. We got to go for it. Yeah, I mean, we had we got in the situation last year. We didn't have, we had a decent amount of playoff points going into it, but we didn't have a ton. So when we went to Texas in the second round, we we were in the must-win situation pretty much, and I don't want to be in that situation again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a big cushion and uh, just trying to you know be solid, and then we go to Homestead and we race for the championship. So to have those playoff points, it'll help a ton if we can try and rack them up. What uh, talking about that championship battle at Miami? What about the job Tyler Reddick did down there? What he did at Talladega in winning that race, and and then he got a top ten. At Kansas, he's he's fun to watch. Are, are you buddies with Tyler? Or do y'all hang out? Yeah, I'm friends with Tyler. Uh, we tell him all the time, like he's the craziest one out there. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna throw the blocks and he's gonna be up on the wheel. And he's gonna be laughing while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's it's, right. Uh, it's you know he's just he can wheel a car for sure, and uh, it's fun to race against those guys. We have a good group, I feel like, in the Xfinity series. Uh, so it's just it's been a lot of fun, honestly racing with all those guys over the past three years and i'm you know we're just trying to beat them every weekend but uh i think we all make each other better right on what have you done during this little break prior to prior to heading back to to work at charlotte you you've been on vacation you hung out with your buddies what's what's the latest mostly just hang out with buddies honestly i mean uh i haven't i haven't don't really take vacations i guess i don't really i haven't really done it in a while i'd love to go like skiing or go to the bahamas or something that would sounds pretty nice yeah <laughs> it, it was i just haven't really done it probably haven't put in the effort into planning it at all but uh mostly just kind of hanging out with buddies going golfing from time to time even though i suck at it and, yeah uh i suck at it too you know I, but like one week goes by and you're like i don't even know what to do with my life anymore <laughs> like i want to get back in the car and um you know try and win again you know it doesn't really seem like you know, when you do something week in and week out, it kind of just becomes your life. Uh, rate your friend Ross Chastain's save in Kansas. Like, that's a 10, right? Yeah, I mean, I saw him last night. We were actually talking about it. And it was like. <laughs> what did he say? It was like, man, like, that was like an incredible save. Like, I, I, like, how did you do that? And he's like, and he does it a lot, it seems like. He did it at Dover in that truck also. And he's like, man, like everybody keeps saying that, but it's like, there's only so many of those you can catch <laughs> as, a, as a driver. Like when you're full lock, right. It's, uh, it's, you know, 50, 50, you're going to catch it or not. But Ross has done a, a great job, obviously of being on the good side of it. <laughs> but, uh, I'd say that's a, that's a 10 out of 10. That's as big as you can get as a driver. I would agree a hundred percent. The thing at Dover, I thought was interesting. He dove down low into mm-hmm. turn one. And when he got there, he had to be like, Oh, shit. 
you know, mm. I've messed up. Yeah. And and now how do I keep mm. from making an ass out of mm. myself? And and just because he can drive, mm. somehow he survived that. But but Kansas, it seemed to me that that, you know, he he wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm. He just running hard and that thing snapped mm. sideways and to to hang on to that one, I'm I'm glad you told him you appreciated it because to me it was spectacular to watch. You've done it before, and I've been on that same edge. You just you just sort of hang on and say, I hope that's enough because mm-hmm. that's all I got. And you know that one more second goes by where it doesn't catch, <laughs> you're just gonna have to lock it down. So like it, it, you're so close to just that's as close as you can get. I mean, when you're full lock right, just trying to. You know, you're just praying it comes around. Yeah. Well, it was fun to watch, and uh, it's been fun having you. Thanks for inviting me on the Cold Custard Review. And, mm-hmm. and uh, It's going to be a good one. I think yeah. so. It'll uh, be on Internet this week, you think? Yeah, probably. We're not, you know, too... Uh, sophisticated? Sophisticated with it, I'd say. But, you know, we're going to put it out some point in the next week, I would say, and be sure to go on social media and look at it. Yeah, check us out. We're going to mm-hmm. review Rita's Cold Ice Custard. I think it's... Life, custard, happiness, that's their slogan. That's right. That's words to live by. You should adopt that. Yeah, I should put it right on the on the nameplate of the car right there. You could be like life, custard, happiness. Yeah, true. Well, now that was fun. I love what Cole Custer said. Just stay on the gas. That's what these young racers have to do as they race for an Xfinity Series championship. Love chatting with him about that big win out at Auto Club Speedway, his home track, and talking about what he thinks it's going to take to win the championship. I want you to do me a favor and be sure to tell your friends to add us via their favorite podcast app and also give us a five-star rating. We're sensitive around here. If we see you like us, it makes us feel better about life, and I know that means a lot to you. Can't wait to come to you next week and talk about the all-star race. Sparks are going to fly, and we're going to be down there in the trenches listening, watching, and bringing to you all the details of how that great race was won. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you next week.